I think about courage. And sometimes a test takes courage. I, I can picture one student in particular this year. If I'm giving a test, this student misses quite a number of days, but if I'm giving a test, chances are she's not going to be there. Yeah? I, okay, test day. I might as well mark her absent before the test even begins. I understand that. I, I, I know that. And uh, students often come to me for help. And during class, this is what I get. Mr. Wilson, when you're there, it makes all the sense in the world. And I can do it. And I go and try to do it on my own, and it turns into marbles in my head. And, and I can't do it. And so one of the things that, okay, somebody's going to come in, and they're going to come for help. And when they are there for help, I want to say as much as they need. But and the tricky part is, is I don't want to say more than what they need to help them, to assist them through it. Why? Because on test day, I as a teacher, I want to sit at the desk and be as quiet as possible. And I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll clarify an instruction for you. But on test day, I'm not helping you. So when they come to me for help, they, they come, they plop the book down in front, of, in front of me, and I'll sit there, and we'll work, we'll work through it. And I try to say as little as possible. Because I want them to build academic courage so they can do it on their own. That's important, right? Are you always going to have a teacher there to, to do everything? I'm teaching a new curriculum this year. And usually my, my uh, teacher books are marked up in certain places, and I know where those places are going to be. And this is the first time I've... I've used a new curriculum. And my son came to me and he said, Dad, I need some help. He said, I've, wor I've worked this problem like a couple of times. And I said, okay, show me what you did. And he showed me step by step. He said, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. I, I just sat back and I watched him. I had to explain it to him. I took off and said, What'd you, what answer did you get? So I grabbed the paper and I, I came over and I began checking it. And I go, okay, here's the first thing I would do. Here's the second thing you'd do. Here's the third thing you'd do. And I went to the teacher's guide. And it didn't have that answer. It had the wrong answer. And so as far as he knew, he'd, got, he'd done everything right. And he went to check the key, and the answer that they gave him to check it was wrong. And I, I you know, that happens in 
in uh, every couple of, of lessons in a curriculum, you can find a couple of answers that when you go to the, you know, as they were doing it, they, they missed something, and, and there's a couple, and you think about the thousands of questions they put in a math curriculum, a couple of them are wrong, that makes, that makes sense, but we found one, and he discovered it, and I, I thought, you know, that was a great, courageous thing. There's a couple, there's a couple of different students that come in um, to get help. The first one is the student who always gets everything perfect and wants every homework to be 105%. Because not only do they want every question to be right, they want the extra credit to be right. They want to be perfect on all the tests. You want to know when they come in? Sometimes I tell them, I'm not going to answer this question. <gasps> I say, oh, no, I, I'm not. You're on your own. I know if you're right or wrong. But I'm not going to answer this question. Because on test day, I'm not going to be standing there behind you. And I can't, I can't tell you if you're right or wrong. You may be right. You may be wrong. Now, you can go and you can look through the notes. The answer is in there for your question. And I'll tell them, I'll say, the reason I'm doing this is to build your confidence. I've got one of those in my household that I have to do that. I said, nope, not helping you with your homework tonight. But dad, come on, I'm not sure about this one. I say, put down your best answer, give it your best, and that's what you got to do. Sometimes, don't you think that's how God has to treat us? You know, and he says, you go, and you're going to face this trial. And I've given you all the lessons you need. And right here, I've walked you through step by step on how to, how to face this problem and what to do. And I'm supporting you. I'm right there with you. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've given you every tool. Now go and be confident. Be courageous. Live for me in the power of the Holy Spirit that I've given to you. Right? And then there's some, there's some other students that come in. And they come in and, and as they sit down, this has been a real, a real struggle for them. This, this has been a nightmare. They failed three tests in a row. And they're taking their their, their their report card home to mom and dad. Mom and dad are going, you got to get this report card up. Or they're going, Mr. Wilson, what do I do? You know, first time, I say, okay, there's 20 questions on this homework. First time, I'm going to go through. And I'm going to ask you how we do it. And I'm going to write it down on the paper. Second time. I'm going to ask you to tell me step by step. And you're going to write it down on the paper. Third time. I'll sit here and I'll tell you if you're wrong. And, for, and that, a student will sit there and they'll go, oh, okay. I get it. And so... Sometimes there are some kids, and, and maybe you were one of them. If I'm sitting there, and I'm kind of nodding my head, 
everything's going okay. But as soon as they walk out of the room, and I'm not nodding my head, it all... I go back, Mr. Wilson, it was fine while you were... And I say, I didn't do anything. I was just there. You know, I was... I was thinking about some of the people that I had in this series on what the Bible has to say about courage. And the second character that I chose for courage was David. David. Matt, do you want to put it on the screen so I can click? Courage. To be stout, to be strong, to be bold. And so as I, as I think about that, I, we, last week we looked at um, the story of Rahab. And as we talked about, oh no, Joshua. We talked about Joshua and the courage of Joshua. This week we're looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17 and David. And as I think about as I think about David and the story of David and Goliath, I picture a kid in school who has grown up and he has been prepared. And 1 Samuel chapter 17 is test day for this guy. And he's out there and everybody is watching and he's standing there and he's ready to go. And God gives him a test. And is he going to face this test? And is he going to do it with courage? So we get to 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I'd just like us to think about this as a test that David had that he had to face all alone by himself. And, and, to, and God would get the glory through it. I believe that God was... Uh, absolutely right there with him. He was a source of his courage. The Holy Spirit was had a hand in this. But I think he faced the test, and he stood up and was counted for the Lord. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, and verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle, and were gathered to Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Ezekah in Ephes, Damim. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah, and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on one side of them, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side of them, with a valley between them. And a champion was out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath whose height was six cubits in a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of his coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor of his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels. And a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said, Why have you come out, out to line up 
for the battle. Am I not a Philistine, and you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves, and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then he will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of the Lord this day. Give a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And I guess as I think about courage and I think about uh, David, the first thing I thought of is that this was a test for the soon-to-be King David. A test. And what would he do with that test? How would he face that test? And the first thing I saw is that this man of courage, David, had a giant problem. right? And as I look at this, I, I, I see this every single day. Um, and verse 11 says, When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Sounds like a math student sitting down and they get a word problem. In, in their uh, test and gulp, you, you know, like, what are we going to do now? And I guess problems, the problems and the trials of life, uh, they kind of change. When you're a little kid uh, and you're running around the house, we had a bunch of little ones running around the house this week. And um, this afternoon and last night, all the things were going fine. Kids were running around the house, and then all of a sudden the tears started coming. Um, one of them, was, one of the tears came because one of my nieces was tormenting Silas as he was trying to clean his room yesterday, and so he took his niece out. In a, I watched the whole thing. He was, he was teasing her. He said, "Laney, if you don't uh, stop this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw you out of the yard." And she didn't stop it, so he picked her up, and he carried her in his out, arms out to the backyard, and he set her down on the outside of the fence. He, it, was, it was nice and easy. He sat her down, right, and here she is. Head was about fence level. Ah! Silas threw me out of the yard. So I had to say, Silas, go pick your cousin back up and get her back in the yard. And that was, that was too funny. It was too funny. But that's a, that's a six-year-old problem. Cousin puts you on the other side of the fence. High school, it might be a math test. Might be someone teasing you at school, a boyfriend and girlfriend. Come being adult, when you realize that you got a lot more bills to pay than you ever thought you're going to be able to face. Then after you get that down, you re really begin to realize tests and troubles and struggles as you watch things happen that are out of control. And in this life, the tests just get bigger and bigger and more serious, don't they? It's all relative. But David has a giant problem. And that giant problem is standing uh, before him. The next thing I notice is that if we're going to tackle the word problems of life with courage. 
We need to notice when something is wrong. We need to notice when something was wrong. And um, one of the things that, that I thought of tonight is as we look at the story of King David, I kind of wanted to t take it like we have a problem in front of us and we need to face it with courage. And I thought, I'll, uh, and I was looking at this test that David had and kind of put this into the context of uh, taking a test in school. And if I was to um, look at word problems and prepare you for a test, it's crazy. Um, teaching out of this one curriculum, they have word problem day, and it always says, Read, plan, so, uh, uh, read, make a plan, solve it. And read, make a plan, solve it. So he notices that there's a problem. And the fir first thing that courage needs to do is notice when something is wrong. You need to read and evaluate the situation and see what's wrong, what's going on, what the real problem is, and be honest about the problem. And take the problem that's set before you and look at it and say, how can I tackle this problem? And what is the truth of this problem? And let's look at David's problem. Note what David notices that was wrong. In 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 26, it says, Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done? For the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So David looks at the situation, he observes the situation, and he looks and he sees Goliath. And as he's, I almost, I picture David as somebody, maybe even. As tall as me, it doesn't make a difference how tall he is. He's doing that, right? And he's looking way up at this nine foot tall giant. It would be like it would be like Fred and I going to play a bunch of NBA basketball players and then some, right? Just looking up at this guy and our eyes just keep going up and up and up. Does he ever stop? I I don't know about you, but I believe the Bible a hundred percent. I believe that the Word of God is inspired and it's here for me. And when it says in First Samuel chapter 17 that this guy was over six cubits tall, that's over nine feet tall. I cannot imagine that. I read to the I read in the book of Amos. Have you ever read the book of Amos? There's a verse in there that says the men in the land of Canaan were like trees. I don't think that that's like a metaphor that these guys were just a little bit bigger than the Israelites. Or there was a great mighty man. I think it meant that these guys were like Goliath. And when it says that they had a giant problem, it really was a big problem. And here this guy, not only is he a giant, and he is threatening the life of all these Israelites, David says, hey, look, 
He's defying the armies of the Lord. That's a problem. The next thing that I notice and that I would say is if we are facing this like a word problem in school, if we're going to face a test, courage is developed. Verses 36 and 37 says, Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Um, I, I can kind of tell, I kind of have a good idea before a, a student takes a test, how they're going to do on the test because of the preparation they have put into getting ready for that test. If they've been coming in and asking for help, I, I look at, okay, they're going to be doing, they're going to be doing pretty good on this. If they've been turning in their homework every day, that, that's a pretty good indication. If they're ready and they're being consistent, and when the trials come and the, te the tests come and the giant problems come, uh, they're going to be okay. You know, right now, um, in science class, I have a kid who I know every day comes in. And if I say this is the type of wor word problem that's going to be on the test, they're practicing that every day. They're practicing that every day. When test time comes, doot, 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 doot. okay, Mr. Wilson, here it is. Why? Because they're a thousand times smarter than the other kids? No. At the beginning of the chapter, they're making the same mistakes as everybody else. But they, their courage has been developed so that on test day, they're ready for the test. Another thing I see is courage is practice and strengthened. David here, he says, he says that um, he fought the lion. He fought the bear. And God delivered me from them. This Philistine is going to be just like them. He was practicing. He was ready. You know, if our, I shouldn't have said the word if. I'm going to change that and I'm going to say, because as Christians, our greatest weapon against trials and tests is prayer, right? The Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Those weapons are prepared and ready for the day of trials and tests. If God has given them to us, if they are there for us to use them, if we aren't using them every day, if we're not practiced with them then on the day of battle we're going to be remember in this story when Saul when David tried on Saul's armor and it felt so uncomfortable and it he wasn't ready to go and face it with the battle if we're not daily in prayer on the days that we do need prayer it's going to feel so strange and awkward does will God can God listen from heaven absolutely can he answer those requests so, of someone who hasn't been daily prayer? Absolutely. But if you want to have courage and confidence in, on the day of trials and, tr and testing, then it's got to be something that's daily uh, practice and daily taken care of. Another thing that I saw in here is that courage trusts. Courage trusts. The, the big reason 
That kid that wants to get a perfect score on their homework. The big reason that I say, what do you think? Do you think you got it right? Do you think you got it wrong? Because I'm, I'm not going to help you. You can, you can talk through it with me. And, and if you go way off course, I'll, I'll guide you back. But I think you've got the gist of this. What do you think? I want you to turn in your answer. Not my answer. I've got the answer key. You've got to trust that you're making the right decisions. And if we are putting our faith into practice, if we are strengthening it and we're developing it, then we'll be ready in the day of battle. My son showed me a video today. It was kind of a neat video. And um, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. You all know him, right? He was at a sporting event in Africa this week. And he's standing there talking to some people. And someone comes running up behind him. They jump into the air. And they kick him with two feet in the back. Now, I, I, that's If somebody did that to me, I would be laying on the floor. Lord. And so would you. He moved a couple of feet and turned around and looked at the person who's now lying on the floor, who had just kicked him with two feet square in the back. Um, do you think he, he got that kind of strength to endure that by sitting on the couch? I don't think so. When so and for him to do that and just turn around and look at this guy who tried, was trying to Take him, take him to the ground, trying to injure him badly. I, that came from developing his strength, practice, and he could, he could stand in that day. The, the article said it looked like a mosquito trying to kick a rhinoceros. It was what it was what it said. So, um, so you gotta, you gotta be ready, and you gotta know what you're gonna, you gotta be prepared. And you have to trust that you know how to do the right thing. And the last thing I put down here is that courage takes a stand. Verses 40 to 46. We love these verses. Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and a sling in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistines. So the Philistine came and began drawing near David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to him, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed him, cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me. And I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day... I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That's how 
we ought to we ought to stand on test day, on trial day. Was that easy for David? No. But I admire the way he handled this test. He was somebody who saw a giant problem. He noticed that this was wrong. This is not right. He had practiced. He was developed. And he was ready. And when the day for battle came, he stood strong. And he was courageous. He stood for the Lord, and the Lord gave the victory. And everyone around knew that he had had victory over the test. Guess what? Someday, God's going to have a test for you. Not a test like I give. You probably, you know, you can take my tests and you can turn them into paper airplanes and shoot them in the trash now. Aren't you glad you're to that point in life? But someday God's going to give you a test closer to what David's looked like. It's going to be a giant problem. And when that giant problem comes, because you're ready and you are prepared, can you take that problem, fill in all the answers, do the right things, rely on God, and hand it back to the teacher who's sitting, he's sitting there in heaven and he's watching and he's waiting. He says, I want to see what my child is going to do on this test. I gave him the guidebook. I've been there with him. I'm going to help him when he needs help. But will he stand courageous? Will he, like it says in Joshua chapter 1, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love it that in that passage of Scripture, it talks about the book of the law being the key. Don't turn to it, away from it, to the right or to the left. But let this thing, let this book guide you each step of the way. So when the giant problems of life come, you're prepared. Right? Let's pray. Lord and Heavenly Father, I know some of our troubles. I know some of the tests that we have faced. And Lord, I pray that you might help us to be prepared, to be ready. When test day comes, we can stand courageous. And Lord, I pray that you might just help us to, to stand on your promise. To be bold, to be like David. And Lord, I pray that you'll grow our faith. Thank you for who you are and what you do. In Jesus' name, amen.